All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. afternoon everybody welcome to another episode of dropping the gloves tim how are you it's 11 o'clock here on the east coast how is it in north carolina it's good it's good it's getting warmer it's dry it's uh it's good how's your day going it's i I can't complain i got the road commission called me back today he said you gotta your sight line on your driveway is a little low we got to get 400 feet so we're gonna have to figure that out but he gave me my uh a stamp of approval for the build hopefully this spring it was good news and i gotta move on to the building permit so full steam ahead for the scott family we're just building everything chicken coops houses we're building memories space what's like memories what's the realistic timeline for for the build like for the house start start to finish yeah or like when do you plan on moving into your house um i would say a realistic timeline would be well, they're going to start in April. This is great TV. So April, maybe the end of summer were... 2025. Uh, okay. Like a year and a half? Year and a half. I think that's that's a good estimate. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah, life's good. Can't complain. You know what else is good? Our, our primary sponsor, our favorite, our favorite sponsor, Give Better. We had another winner daily. People send Tim messages and myself messages saying, I won $100. This wasn't a scam. This is legit. Why isn't everybody else doing this? Ronald, shout out to him. He won twice, Tim. Now, he didn't win $200 because Ronald messed up. If you would have had used his wife's phone or his girlfriend's <laughs> or his husband's or somebody else's, he could have been a two-time winner. But he used his own phone twice, which maybe was a mistake from Ronald. But he won $100. He went to givebetter.app slash DTG, downloaded the Give Better app, played the game. He won the football game. Then I think he won the hockey game. The guy's a killer when it comes to gambling. So good for him. Shout out to Ronald, $100 richer today. And if I'm him, Tim, I'm using somebody else's phone. The guy's got the hot hand. Get, get your kid's phone. Go get your, your significant other's phone. Get, get a stranger's phone. It's free money. It's USA Benjamin sent to you. I think they sent cash. Crazy. But yeah, go to Give Better. They're a great company, responsible gambling. This is just a fun way Kind of a, how you doing? We're going to give you $100 for free just to get the word out there, get you used to their system. It's it's lights out. Tim and I love it. I use it. I haven't won yet because I stink at picking uh, picking winners, I guess. But yeah, go check it out. Givebetter.app slash DTG. It helps us out. It helps you out because you get $100. I should honestly ask Ronald for 
That's what we should do. <laughs> that sounds because fair. without us, without us, he's a, he ain't getting anything. But anyways, I just wanted more breaking news too. Apparently, I I misspoke on Monday. Um, I want to I, I want to apologize. I said we were going to have a Detroit Red Wing on the show this week, but we had to push it back because of the All Star Game. He went on vacation. And I regretfully have to inform everybody from Detroit and the Detroit Red Wings fans. I know a lot of them listen to the show because I'm I'm pro Red Wings. The Iser plan is going to work. He's going to come on next week, right, Tim? That's what he said. Yeah, he's going to come on after the break. And who, in terms of who comes first, we have to figure that out because we have a lot of guys that said absolutely, but but after the All Star break, so we'll, we'll we'll work out the schedule in the next couple of weeks. We get a backlog of interviews. We we kind of the way we do this here at Dropping the Gloves, we just do a blanket. Not a, not a ton of players, but we we how many invites do you think we do, Tim? Like five to ten. We strategically at a, time. At a yeah. time, and all of a sudden this time everybody said yes, everybody. So they're like, yeah, let me know, let me know. We even had some um, high end all star players say yes. So we have to you know make sure we do them strategically once every week. We don't want to overload you with interviews. We had Vincent Trocheck say yes for the Rangers. Thought it would be fantastic. Lo and behold, the Rangers don't let their players do podcasts, apparently. Or maybe it's just our podcast. I don't know. I didn't have a I didn't have a good exit interview with the Rangers when I was there. So maybe they're all gone. But maybe, I don't know, maybe there's some still some issues there between them and I. But he would have been fantastic. Maybe we'll get him in the summer. But we have a lot of other guys in the coffers waiting to come on the show. So we'll see. I think Including- we might be the most popular podcast out of all the players. Well, we including a guy that I won't say his name because we'll we'll keep we'll keep it a tease. But he was on the All Star team in 2016 with you or against you, I should say. So he was there. Mm. We'll get some, another inside uh, look at that story, which will be a lot of fun. Oh, that's gonna be a good one. All stars on this show, Tim. Fantastic. Speaking of the All Star break, it's obviously around the corner. There's a couple games tonight. There's a couple games tomorrow night, and then we're into the All Star break. I wanted to touch on and maybe ask him a few questions, what what he does when he gets a break in his work, because as hockey players, so as soon as you get that schedule, you're looking immediately, okay, what what does our first part of the season look like? And then you go right to the all-star break. You go to February, you say, okay, when's the break? And you can see it right away. There's a week and a week and a half. And then you start booking flights. You're talking to teammates, like, what do you want to do? If you're on the West Coast, maybe you go to Hawaii. If you're on the East Coast, maybe you go down to Mexico. You immediately start doing this. And it changes when you get older and you have family. But Tim, that's like the first thing you do. It's like all-star break. Where are we going? Because there's only a handful of guys who expect to make the all-star game. So, for instance, when I made the all-star team, we were planning on going on vacation. We had stuff planned. I can't remember where we were going. It was so long ago. But we had to cancel everything. Just because, okay, looks like daddy's going to be an all-star baby. So it's just a fun time of year. And right now, guys, are they're already gone. So for these teams who have to play the last few games, they're pissed off. Nashville, L.A., I think there's six teams playing tonight. They're upset because other teams, they've been on the all-star break for two, three games right now, and they're already gone on vacation. So it's kind of annoying when you see that schedule and you're like, damn it, I'm one of these last teams. Why? Like, this stinks. So... It's a fun time of year for the players. And then Tim and I were bantering on an idea. The All-Star game can be a good thing for teams. Maybe you reset, you, you men- mentally re- reset yourself, much like Elias Samsonov when he went down to the Marlies and didn't play at all in Toronto. It's like, reset yourself. He came back, he's playing fantastic. So it works. Tim and I said, why don't we go through which players or teams or situations or people need this All-Star break the most? 
really need to get away and to just press reset on their life a little bit because they're maybe not doing so well in the first half of the season. Tim, who are we going to touch on first? Yeah, so this actually kind of fits in with with the last episode we did on Monday as well. We talked about some of the teams that are struggling and who could use a break coming up. So the first one I feel like is a pretty easy one. I'm going to start with Igor Shosturkin. We talked on Monday about how bad he is. He was arguably the worst goalie in the league in January Wild. among all the qualified guys who have gotten the bulk of the starts. Just terrible. Goals against above four, save percentage below 880 or something like that. Like, it's really, really bad. He's not the only one who's had a tough month. The Banajad hasn't put up a ton of points. Truba's but like minus eight or something like that. They also have a lot of injuries, obviously, like Hedl we talked about. But Shesterkin is the, really the primary cause for concern. And for to be a goalie where the position is so much mental, it's so much like what's happening between the ears. And you, you sometimes the puck looks like a beach ball. Sometimes it looks like a little tiny thing you can't even see, you know. And so it's really hard to to right the ship in the middle of the season when you're struggling and and more than any than other positions, I would say. So hopefully he's using this time. I don't know if he's on vacation or if he's going home or whatever, but relax, unplug, refit, come back strong in the second half because the Rangers are going to need you. They're probably not in danger of missing the playoffs or anything. They're still in the first in their division. They're, they have the uh, Carolina Hurricanes are chasing them, but so they might slip down the standings a bit. They should still be a playoff team. But which goal are you going to get in the playoffs? That's really what matters. And hopefully he uses this time to get, get his mind right. You think Jonathan Quick has anything to do with this? Him getting a lot of press, him playing so well, him taking the lion's share of just everything. Like I, everybody was all in on Jonathan Quick when he started the season. He's fantastic. Do you think that affected Shesterkin? He's like, I'm the guy here. What's going on? This this vet comes in, he's 37, and everybody's praising him. Do you think he got nervous? That effect, Maybe he played tight a little bit? I hope not, because if that makes you nervous, then you're not that guy, pal. You know what I mean? Like, if, if you get threatened by a 38-year-old veteran backup playing well, and you're suddenly not playing well, then I don't want you as my goalie anyway, you know? So... I, I hope not. I hope that's not the case. Do you think it is? Well, uh, no, I, I'm just, you know, Jonathan Quick came in. He's he's played well, especially the first, what, two months of the season. He was undefeated, I think. He was lights out. So, I don't know. Maybe there's something to that because I guess Igor didn't play that great last year as well. So, I'm just, you know, trying to find answers for why he's struggling. I think a lot of it has to do with the, the defense. There's been injuries. Fox has been out. Miller's been suspect like we talked about at last episode Lindgren's been gone I don't know what's wrong with him he's injured obviously I don't know why he's injured I don't follow the Rangers too closely but I don't know something's going on in New York because Shesterkin is a lot better maybe he does need some time away I don't I don't think he's going to Moscow that's his home I don't think he's gonna take a quick flight back to Moscow but you never know those Russians are crazy honestly they just they they march to the beat of their own drum remember an overview it's like I'm playing in Sochi um, or not so she in what was the Russian Olympics? He's like, I don't care if you suspend me, I'm going. Love that. Love that just national pride. It is what it is. All right, now let's let's move on. You did uh Shisterk, and I'm gonna go to a team. A team that makes me nervous, a team that everybody's all in on right now. The Edmonton Oilers. 16 straight wins. Connor McDavid playing fantastic. Leon Dreinsidel doing his thing. Stuart Skinner, Vesna trophy candidate. Lights out, my fantasy stud, carrying me to a playoff position. I love that. Everything's going right for the Edmonton Oilers in January. I'm a little nervous for them. You you want to keep these good feelings going. You want to ride the wave of this momentum, and all of a sudden you get stopped. You get a week and a half off. I know a lot of the guys are going to the game. What happens when they go home with the other guys? What happens when Evander Kane goes home? You think he's just going to go home and put, 
do push-ups and train. No, they're going to go home. They're going to get pats on the back. They're going to get beers bought for them when they go out. They're going to start, you know, maybe getting a, a big head, reading the press clippings a little too much and thinking, you know, maybe we got a shot at winning this cup. This is our year. And they come back and maybe they don't, maybe they don't forecheck as hard enough. Maybe they're not back checking as hard as they used to while they were in the 16 game winning streak. Gone are the days when they were out of the playoffs for the first two months of the season and they were struggling and everybody was questioning their team. I don't know, Tim. This break could be the worst thing possible for the Edmonton Oilers. And then I, I did a little more digging. Their 16 game win streak, this, this NHL record that you thought they were going to lose to Nashville, that one really aged well. They, had, they slaughtered the Predators. I don't even want to go into that. Out of their 16 wins, Tim, four were versus playoff teams currently. Three of those teams are in the wild card. Of those four teams, they, they caught the Leafs when they were struggling. Samsonov was in the minors. Their goaltending couldn't stop a beach ball. Detroit, are they a playoff team? They beat Detroit. They beat the LA Kings recently. LA's been in a free fall. They're losing to everybody. San Jose, Anaheim. So is that really a, a good win? And then they beat the Rangers. Again, recently, Rangers have been in a free fall. They haven't played a legit Stanley Cup contender of Vegas, a Colorado, um, a Vancouver Canuck in the Western Conference. They haven't played anybody to date in the last month. The other 14 wins or 12 wins, Chicago, Nashville, Columbus, Anaheim, Ottawa, garbage teams across the board. Are these 16 wins just smoke and mirrors, Tim? I think they are. I think they're in for a rude awakening when they when they head out east and play some heavier teams. In the west, they play the higher-end teams. They, they've dodged all those teams in January, and all of a sudden they're being anointed as the champions. This break is going to be bad for the Edmonton Oilers, unless, unless they stay focused. But coming from me, who loved a good all-star break, it's hard to stay focused. You go home, everybody's loving you being around, buying you drinks, shots, Hey, Johnny's back in town. Let's go. Like, you know, 16 in a row. Let's have 16 shots in a row. You, you, you start to, you know, get a big head pretty quickly. And I have a massive head and it got bigger, Tim. So it, it's a real, it's a real issue for these young kids. You think they can manage that? Well, that's an interesting one because usually you would think a team who's really hot and a break could really interrupt that, right? Like if they've won 16 in a row and they come back and lose, you know, for the next seven or whatever, you point back to the break being like, it interrupted our flow, our progress. We had so much momentum and now it's gone. So maybe the break would be a bad thing for them. Um, that's what like maybe traditional logic would say. But I feel like you've got a point there because this is a team that has burnt out in the past. This is a team that has struggled to stay uh I don't know, competent, confident throughout the year and then carry that into the playoffs. And so maybe a break really does force them to reset and look at things a little bit um, and not let their head get too big. So I guess that makes sense. But I'm not so worried that like the next time they play a, a quote unquote playoff team, like you said, that they're going to get punched in the face and realize they're not that good. I think they are this good. I think the schedule certainly helped them. But even if they had gone like it was 16, 12 and four during that run, we wouldn't be talking about it the same way, but they'd still be talking about how good the team was. So I feel like this is, I think it's going to be fine. I'm not that worried about the Oilers yet. We'll yet. see if it's a different story in the playoffs. Yeah, they're third place in the Pacific right now. They've obviously made up a lot of ground, but it's just, you know, something to keep an eye on because people just get caught up in the streaks and this and that. But when you do a little more digging, it's like, is it, are they really that good? 
is it really that incredible that they've won 10 and you know 16 in a row and they're winning all the you're you're beating subpar competition give them credit they play who's in front of them and they're winning those games because the other teams are getting those schedules as well and maybe they're not taking advantage so good for the edmonton Oilers. i'm just saying be careful edmonton sorry what are we talking about next i'm going to stick in new york and go with the islanders next the whole team the whole team including the coaching staff um, you got a new coach, obviously, Patrick Waugh. You have a new system. You have a new way of playing, a new identity that you probably kind of lost during the first half of the season. Disappointing first half. You expected to be a playoff team. You weren't there. You haven't really been there all season long. It's hard enough to play well. Obviously, it's a competitive league. To make changes like that in the middle of a regular season is very, very tough. When you're in the hunt for a playoff spot and you have a new coach, new system, you're all learning it. We talked about this with, um, was it Zadora or Garland when Vancouver, like, the, the, Making the coaching change last year, having the second half to adjust and learn the system is why they were so successful this year because they 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 had that time to learn it and all, and all that. And so it's the doing in the middle of a season is really tough. So this break is a chance for the players to. I bet they're going home with like notebooks. You know what I mean? Like I bet they have some reading assignments or something that the coach wants them to think about or work on or reflect on or or just practice or whatever um, because they have the work cut out for them in the second half. And I bet Patrick Waugh's taking the chance because he's been go, go, go since he got the job to take a hard look at the team, the roster needs, the system. What pieces might we need to add in, at the deadline to compete for a playoff spot? I think he's going to come back with clarity, vision, game plan, all those things in the second half. And this break will really allow him to do it. And not to mention the players, they need a break, not unlike the Rangers. They're just not getting enough. And I'm looking especially at Sorokin. He has not been himself this year. And I feel like this, the slide of him and Shesterkin, it's just like they're uh, perfectly mirrored their careers. It's kind of crazy that they're both struggling at the same time. So the Islanders as a whole, I think, will really benefit from this break. And they're both Russian. That's There's something there. And their names start with S. That can't be a coincidence. <sighs> and their first names start with I. They might be the same person. Have we seen them in the same room? You know what, the Islanders, It's um, they haven't had a regulation win, Tim. Since January 4th. So there'll be a full month before they have a regulation win, if they ever get one again. All their games have been losses or one. They had one overtime win versus Dallas on the 21st. This team is a free fall. So to think Patrick Waugh is going to come in and all of a sudden just find the magic pixie dust and sprinkle it on them and they're a winning team. That's asking a lot of a coach who hasn't coached in the NHL and almost 10 years. I, I know he's motivated. I know he's fired up. He's screaming in practice and maybe it's a different voice. I, I don't think this team is savable. I've changed my tune already on him. You know, I, I just, and then coming out of the break, they got Toronto, they got Tampa, they got Seattle. They do the stadium series versus the Rangers and you got Pittsburgh and Tampa and Dallas. This losing streak could extend quite a long time. So they're, they're in tough. It's, it's the opposite of the Oilers schedule. Like this is, they're playing a lot of solid teams who have, you know, things to play for. So, you know, I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Islanders can do something. It would be fun to see them in the playoffs. But as of now, I am a little nervous for the New York Islanders and, and for Patrick Waugh in a whole, because he comes in, he takes this situation. He was a highly coveted coach. If he comes in and the Islanders continue to lose and get worse, where does that leave him at the end of the year? You think the Islanders are going to re-sign him? No. You think he's going to be a valuable asset to another team in the offseason? No. Maybe he just, uh, just sealed his fate by signing on with the Islanders. Who knows? I don't. But it is fun to talk about. All right. I'm going to go to a GM. You stayed in New York. 
I'm going to stay in Alberta. Let's go with Craig Conroy. Less than one year on the job, coming into a very unenviable situation. Brad Travilling got fired, heads to Toronto. He's driving that franchise into the ground. Good for him. He gets to Flames. Um, a bad contract with Jonathan Huberto. A bad contract. Uh, I don't want to say a bad contract from Nazim Kadri, but not a, not a great one. Stars are gone. Goaltender, we don't know what to expect this season. Coming off his worst year in his career. He signed long-term. A lot of good NHL defensemen, but just turmoil in the whole the whole system. You're, you're offering guys contracts in the offseason, then you're rescinding them. You don't know what's happening. There's unrest. He has a big, a big next few months to figure out what to do with this team. You have a lot of coveted free agents. You have a goaltender who's playing much better. If I'm Craig Conroy, I'm really buckling down and not getting just distracted by the possibility of playoffs. He needs to embrace the rebuild. He got rid of the door off. You need to maximize Lindholm, Elias Lindholm. He's going to be the best free agent out there at the trade deadline. He's a two-way centerman who can score. He can make plays. The guy's a solid player. You got to get rid of him. You have a lot of defensemen on the back end who are very valuable. Hannafin, Tanev, Kylington. These guys are good defensemen who can get you something at the trade deadline. Is he going to do it? Are you going to get tied up with me? Oh, maybe we can compete this year. We're, you know, we're so close to that wild card. We just, you know, go on a three, four game winning streak. I don't know what he's thinking, but these, this team has the pieces to do a quick rebuild for next year. Blake Coleman's been a great player this year, 40 points, 20 and 20. I think he's plus 22. He's having a fantastic season. Kadri's having a bounce back year after a subpar year last year. He's playing good. Mackenzie Weger, he's that guy in the back end. He's very good. Igor Sharangovich, solid scoring right winger. They're having good seasons. Huberto's still an abject failure. Guy's garbage. For the amount that he makes, Tim. Terrible. The You're ROI on him. The ROI on him is just plummeting. Like I, that, you're just going to have to eat that contract for the next seven years. I'm sorry. What does he make? Eleven and a half? Oh my gosh! Seven more years. That's so so much money. It's Holy worse moly. than Carlson at his low point. This is worse than that. Yeah, I actually went and looked up Carlson's numbers this year. He's playing pretty well. As soon as I dropped him off my fantasy team, he just took up. He's playing well. But back to Craig Conroy. This is your chance. You can put your stamp on this team. What are you going to do? These guys are playing well enough. Can you rely on Markstrom next year? I think this is a huge next couple months for him. What is he going to do with this team? Are you going to re-sign Lindholm and do what you know, other teams do? The Blackhawks, they brought Brett Mrazek, Dickinson, uh, Felino. They, they re-signed all their assets, which makes Lindholm even more valuable. There's not a lot of good players who were out there that can make a difference on a contending team. Lindholm can make a difference. Hannafin can make a difference. Tanev, Kylington, those are all difference makers for a contender. What can Craig Conroy get back in return? They botched the Monaghan situation. It wasn't him, though. That was um, Trevelyan. He traded Monaghan end of first to Montreal for nothing. Future considerations. Now Montreal is going to flip Monaghan for a draft pick. Montreal made out like scapegoats on that. They, they nailed it. They got a first rounder, and they're probably going to get a second rounder for Monaghan, who's playing great this year. Stupid trade by Trevelyan. I get what he was trying to do, but... Pfft. Bad. Ooh, not good. So anyways, I think Craig Conroy, this, this is it. This is his two months to make this team. If he doesn't do it well, they're going to be in trouble for the next three, four years. What do you think, Tim? Both Calgary Finals. So, 
So you think this this break will offer him, offer him a chance to reflect and get some clarity on the direction he wants to go with this roster and what traits he's going to make? I think this break is going to allow him a chance to either talk to other GMs or just yeah. get his ducks in a row and say, this is what we need to do with this team. We're in a good spot. We're 500. Everybody thought we were going to struggle. We're close to a playoff position. And this is valuable for us because teams are seeing, oh, these, these guys are good. These players can go out and make some plays. We're going to trade a Lindholm. We're going to get maximum value for him because he's having a good year. Maybe we move on from a backline. Maybe we get rid of Mangiapane. We can make some moves with this roster. On the other side of the page, if they were just terrible, teams are going to be like get pennies on the dollar for these guys. You're going to you know, pick them from this Calgary Flames team because they weren't going to be valuable because they're going to be tanking. But this is a good thing for the Calgary Flames. And it's good that Markstrom's back. They don't have to worry about the goaltending situation. I like Markstrom. I think he's going to be their guy until his contract is up in 25-26. He's, you know, he's a little long in the tooth, but he's a good goaltender. So I think this is a good week for him to kind of focus on where this franchise is headed. Yeah, the the one piece there that's a little bit confusing is the Elias Lindholm. What's he worth at the deadline? Because two years ago, he was 42 goals. He was getting Selkie votes. He was doing everything. Last year, 22 goals in 80 games. He played a full season and he dropped his goal total by half. This year, he's got nine goals in 49 games. And so he's minus eight. I know he's on a bad team, but he's on pace for about, I don't know, 55 points and 22 goals, something like that. Not good enough. Less than that. Less than 22 goals. He's already played more than half the year. So what's he worth? Are GMs hoping to get that 42-goal player? Are they hoping to put him in a top six center role? Is he a complimentary player at this point in his career? Because obviously... Craig Conroy is going to want to point to his highs and say, hey, this is an elite two-way player you're getting, and I, and I want to be paid for that. Or other guys are going to be like, hey, you know what? I'm not paying. This is a nine-goal guy at this point. Maybe he'll, he'll turn up. Maybe he won't. So what, what his value is at, at the deadline is going to be something that's going to be really interesting. It's amazing what happens when you play with world-class players like Johnny Gaudreau, who can <laughs> give you and amazing that, passes, yeah. and Kachuk, yeah. who, who just garner all the attention, and then Lindholm just gets the benefit of that. Much like Alex Dabrinkit. Guy had 41 goals, goes to Ottawa, gets 27, goes to Detroit, scores like 11 goals in the first nine games. Guy's got six goals in 40 games since then. Can I just, can I get that one? Like, I, I got that right. Everybody's all sure. over me. To bring it, it's going to, I know we, we switched gears, but everybody was all You're over right. me the first two weeks of the season. You're going to eat your words, Scott, you goon. You don't know anything. He's got, he's got 11 goals in four games. That guy's a revelation. He's the, he's got 18 goals in 50 games now. He's not, maybe gets 30. Maybe. I don't, I don't so, hear anybody uh, sending me tweets saying, my bad. You might have been right. <laughs> maybe. Little, Sorry. Little. Little peek behind the curtain here. One of the ways I prepare for an episode like this is to go on to fantasy rankings on Yahoo and compare like their original rankings, what we thought they were going to do to where they are now. So like a guy who was originally presented, projected to be like 19th overall in value and he's at 300 now. And it's like, oh, it's Jack Hughes. He's got an injury, whatever. So the Brinkett is one of those guys who has just fallen way, way off in the last 30 days. Um, and I almost put him on the list because he's also going to benefit because Patty Kane said the other day, He's going to be ready to go when the break comes back. So that's another team that I didn't end up making my list, but um, you can make a case for would benefit from the break. And I'm waiting for my apologies. People are, like the, the terrible things that people say to me. <laughs> Let's I'm, and on. I'm right. And I'm right. No one ever says you, you nailed that. You nailed it. All right, moving on. Let's let's go yeah. to the you're going to stay in the East Coast yeah. with the Devils. Not only that, yeah, the Devils, the tri-state area. Something's going on in the water in the Hudson or something. Three it's words not clean. Here. 
the Devils. Injuries, injuries, injuries. They have been hurt by the injury bug, probably as bad or worse than any team in the league. Obviously, the two big ones are Jack Hughes and uh, Dougie Hamilton, who had a torn peck that he's missed time since the end of November. So he's missed a lot of time. He still doesn't have a timetable. Jack Hughes isn't expected to start skating until after the break. He's still going to go to Toronto and be a, a, a co-captain of the team with his brother. He, he wants to be there, but he's not skating yet. On top of that, you have some depth pieces. Siegenthaler in the back end has a broken foot. Brendan Smith has a knee issues. Thomas Noslik has a foot issues. And you've missed time. Like Timo Myers missed time. I think um, Toffoli's missed time. Um, Heaster's missed time. Like you had guys up and down the lineup that have lost a lot of time to injury. So the Devils will give them a chance to, this all-star break, give them a chance to just recover, right? They need this break. They, they have like eight or whatever days off it's going to end up being, depending on their schedule, um, is going to be really beneficial for them. Because if you look at the standings, and if you said, okay, there's a team on the outside looking in on the East that if they're healthy could be like a legit threat, not only to go on a run, but to go to push into the playoffs and, and beat, win a series or two, it's got to be the Devils if they're healthy. They're not. Um, all these pieces are important, but Jack Hughes, most of all, you know, he steers the ship. He, he stirs the drink, as you like to say. So the Devils could really, really benefit. And we asked this question on social media. I think that the Devils and probably the Kings were the two teams that came up the most. Has there been a bigger failure than Timo Meyer in the last two years? Uh, no, I don't think so. Huberdeau. Maybe Huberdeau. <laughs> yeah, those two yeah. guys. Timo Meyer. I don't know what happened to him. He is minus 23 this year. Minus 23 for a Stanley Cup contending team. This guy, I don't know what, what he was doing in San Jose. I'm not saying he was on steroids, <laughs> but maybe his steroid guy is in San Jose and he's not in the Devils. Like it's John, just, you're, it's remarkable. You're just joking. It's just a joke. It's Everyone a joke. Relax. But it, when you look at it, the guy was a point per game guy in San Jose, and On then he goes team, to the Devils, yeah. and he goes to the Devils and just implodes. He's got nine goals and nine assists, and he's playing with really good players. <laughs> like it's crazy. It shouldn't happen. He's minus twenty three. He gets seventeen minutes a night. Woof. If there's if there's one thing to point at why the Devils have not been successful this year, yes, the injuries, but oof, you gotta get we talk about ROI. Gotta get more from Timo Meyer. Am I wrong? Why is no one talking about this guy? Like, what are we doing here? We pay him eight point eight million dollars. Eight point eight. Is he sucks. really? He gets that much money? Yes, he's he gets the most on their team with Jack Hughes out. Jack only makes eight. He's their highest paid player. Well, Dougie makes nine. Highest paid forward. Wow. And I, he's not even their top five forward. I'm taking Brat, Hershire, Palat, Hughes, Toffoli, Halla. All those guys are better than him. He's on my third line with the Devils right now. He's got eight years remaining. <sighs> Terrible. Trey Terribla. Not good. All right. You know what else is brutal? The LA Kings in January. They need the all-star break as, as fast as they can get there. They still have another game tonight versus the Nashville Predators. That'll be a barn burner, so maybe they can pick up a win finally in January. They have won two games in January, Tim. Two games in January. They've played 14 games. I am a math guy. That's terrible. For a team that came into January, I think in first place in the Pacific, if not a point out of first place, that's atrocious. To make things worse, there's drama, drama, drama in L.A. It is Tinseltown, baby. It's Hollywood, so obviously there's drama. Drew Doughty, 
calling out an unnamed player saying he's looking for cookies when he should be playing hockey. And for those of you who don't know hockey lingo, cookies are points. And when a player is sniffing for cookies, he's not being responsible in the game. And he's trying to pick up points when he probably shouldn't be lingering in the offensive zone a little too long, not backtracking, maybe cheating in the defensive zone, looking for an odd man rush, maybe playing off his point man, trying to get, you know, a squeaker through his legs when you should be in the shot lane. That's guy sniffing for cookies. And I, and I sifted through the tea leaves. He's talking about Pierre-Luc Dubois, 100%, 99.9%, allegedly, maybe. You think, say, I think. I think, I think. <laughs> I'm a thinker, I think a lot. But that's not good for a team. Two wins in January, their captain calling, is he their captain? I think he's their assistant captain, calling out their big offseason get, Pierre-Luc Dubois, have to sit in the same locker room. Now they're still good. They're still in the first place in the wild card spot. But you have to make this change. So they go into the all-star break. Hopefully, Doughty and Pierre-Luc Dubois can talk it out, bury the hatchet, move forward. This team is too good to not make the playoffs team. Tim, they're, they're a fantastic I, team. I think if there's one team in the league that needed this break more than any other, it's the Kings. It has to be. Just because the expectations of this group and where they've been the last month and a half is just is completely disparate. So I feel like them getting a break here and resetting and retooling and coming back rested, ready to go is going to be really important for them. And hopefully they have some more, you know, player to player, man to man behind closed doors conversation to get rid of all this stuff and get aligned and start rowing in the same direction. They should start rowing in the same direction. I agree. I just saw Boys in the Boat, by the way. Fantastic. Jason Demers doesn't know what he's talking about. Love the movie. Yeah. It was good. Absolutely loved it. I thought it was really inspiring. It wasn't slow at all. I think Jason Demers is just dumb. And he needs like explosions and stuff to keep his attention. And I'll tell him that to his face. It's funny because we it's had a, uh we had a few people say, like, no more Demers. Like the guy stinks and he's delusional about he complains about coaches and he thinks he's the most underrated player in the league. And other people are like, get him on again. The guy's hilarious. He's so funny. I love listening to him talk. So he's a polarizing guy, apparently. I didn't. As an interview, I, as an he, was on, he was on the show three times. I thought that last episode was hot garbage. I thought I it was, was good. Yeah. See, polarizing. I hated it. You loved it. And let's just touch on the LA Kings, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Or not LA Kings. Yeah, the LA. Gabriel Velarde's having a very good season. He's playing really, really good for the... um. Vancouver Canucks and Alex Iafalo. Also, he's been injured. Jets. Jets. Jets, excuse me. Both of them playing very well. So it it just makes it sting a little more that those two guys have just meshed seamlessly with the Winnipeg Jets. And everybody said that trade was bad. Everybody, yours included. So good for the Winnipeg Jets, bad for the LA Kings, but there is light for the LA Kings. They just have to use this all-star break to focus. All right, let's do a couple more, Tim, and get out of here. Okay, um, Ovechkin. This yeah. one, this one's a yeah. little bit for you. Yeah. I love it. I love uh, it. Only two goals in January. Nine in the year. I want to say at least two of them we know are empty net goals. Yeah. Um, not that long ago, and I actually went back, because you can go back, a little pro tip, you can go back and look at the standings at different dates and time. In the URL, the uh, NHL standing page, just close to change the date. Stop telling people your secrets. This is good. This is good radio. Anyway, so I was looking back not that long ago, like end of November, before the holidays, Caps were top three in the Metro. They started the season really strong and we, everyone was kind of giving them credit. And it wasn't because of Wovechkin. It was everyone else on the team and they were just kind of just playing up to the competition every night. 
And now they're basically out of the playoff race completely. Not statistically, but they're they're like six spots back on the wild card. They're they're pretty bad. So I call out Ovi specifically just because obviously he's getting older and we're seeing this year his body finally slowing down and showing signs of his age and the miles for the first time. And we all want this goal race to be fun and exciting. Because I don't think if he I know you do too, even if you don't think he's gonna do it. Like it's it's good for hockey if he's chasing the record. And if he does, like people ask me, like they say, hey, I think even if he doesn't do it this year, he'll stay along around long enough to do it. Even if it takes four or five more seasons, he'll score 15, 20 goals and whatever. If if I have to watch like a 44-year-old Ovechkin just stick around because everyone knows he's only going for the record, you know what I mean? Like it's going to drag on and on and on. That's boring. I'd rather see him healthy and happy and, and scoring goals. So maybe this break can give the old man a little bit of a rest and uh, – Maybe he goes on a little run and puts up 15, 20 goals in the second half. He's Hopefully. 63, 63 behind Wayne right now as of, as of this airing. Okay. There's, there's no way. People were giving him a chance if we were, if we were going to get 30 this year. <clears throat> they go 30 this year and then maybe 30 next year, and then he finishes up with like 20 in the year, his last year of his contract. He'll be lucky to get 20 this year. The drop-off has happened. It's happening. Uh, I thought it was going to happen last year, and I got raked over the coals. You actually said two years ago. <sighs> Every year I said it. He got 52 <laughs> years ago. He got did it. 42 last year. He's got nine and 44. It finally happened. Good for him. You know, longevity is a hard thing to do in the NHL. People are always nipping at your heels. I had a really good coach, Kevin Constantine. He made this graph. He said there's 700 guys in the NHL. It was a pyramid. The next tier down is AHL, 7,000 guys. Next tier down is NCAA, OHL, WHL, QMHL. Like a, a, another some thousand players. And after that, there's all the younger guys trying to – he's like every year there's fifteen to 20,000 people who want your job. I'm like, damn, that's pretty good. That's a good analogy. And I, that, that stayed with me throughout my career. So when I didn't feel like working out or something, I'm like, there's 5,000 guys who are working out right now. So I went and worked out. So – Finally, it's catching up to Ovi. People are passing him. You can tell. I've watched a few games of him, and I focus on him. He's not the same guy. He, he waits to do his burst when he's on offense. He cheats defensively. He's not the same guy. He's 38, Tim. Is he 39? He's an, old, he's an old dog. And so he needs to be put out to pasture. He needs to be shot in the back of the head. Old yeller. Behind the barn. I'll do it. Someone needs to do it. Because, yeah, I don't want to see him, like, Michael Strahan, when he sacked Brett Favre, oh, we need another sack so he gets to record. I don't want to see that. He should go out the way he came in, super fast, flying around the ice. I don't want to see him just hobbling around the ice just to get that record. He ain't going to get it. 63. At this rate, he needs to play five more years. So he'll be 44 when he breaks it. You know, bring that's what I'm saying. That's what I record. don't want because that's just not going to be fun to watch. It's going to be hard to watch. So Well, and he won't. He's not going to. Like, the goals aren't going to stay the same. Like, you know what I mean? Because people are like, oh, he scores 30 a year for the next three years. He's not. It's like, so just say he gets 20 this year. You think he's going to be better next year? You think he's going to be the same or is he going to get worse? He's going to get worse. So he's going to get 10 goals and then he's going to get five goals. It's just, it's, this is not a good situation. He had a great career. Let's just, let's just leave it at that. All right. I got one last one. Arizona Coyotes. Uncharted territory for this team. They're they're in they're in distance of a playoff spot. I think they're a couple points out of a wild card spot right now. They haven't been in this situation in a long time. 
So what do we do? We have a ton. I'm talking a metric ton of draft picks for this team. They have so many second round draft picks, Tim. If you go on cap friendly, they have to use like two or three rows to fit them all in because they, they went crazy the last few years and just started accumulating draft picks. So what do they do at the deadline? They have some cap space. They're going to be very valuable trade target team. They have nobody signed on their back end for next year. Nobody. They have a lot of RFAs. Dursey's an RFA. They got Valamaki's an RFA. They have some guys who, you know, they have control over. But as it stands right now, no money tied up next year on the back end. So they they are in for $37 million next year. If the cap's going to raise, like I think they said it was, to $88 million, they have $50 million to play with next year. That's a lot of wiggle room and a lot of room for their GM, Tang, or no, it's Billy Armstrong now. What does he do? Does he go all in and try to make a playoff push? Get the, the fan base for that new arena, get them energized so an investor will come in and say, yeah, build an arena. Because right now there's still a lot of unknowns. Utah all of a sudden has stepped into the, the game. They want to be the next franchise. There's rumblings that they gave them the, a deadline at the All-Star break to show some signs of moving forward with the, the arena situation. They haven't done that. Everybody was all excited when they, they took like a building permit out for Phoenix, and that just went away. Where is this team going to be next year? I don't know. But let's focus on this All-Star break. Let's focus on this playoff push. Clayton Keller's having a great year. Nick Schmaltz is having a great year. Lawson Krause is doing well. Are we going to give these guys some help and maybe make a playoff push just to get there? Or do we trade some guys away and just do what we always do and kick the can down to next year, trade our young guys, and just get draft capital? I think this team needs to make a decision. In this all-star break, they'll do it. That's, that's what I think they're going to do. Armstrong needs to figure out where this team goes. I like it. I think he'll go out into the desert and do some meditation and just think about... What he needs Smoke to do. Smoke some ayahuasca like Rogers did and just go in the quiet room. Yeah, that really worked out for Rogers. He had a great year. But I don't know. I, <laughs> I I hope he he makes a push. I think these players deserve it. They've been playing really, really well. They deserve their GM to go out and get him some help. Go get a Timo Meyer. A difference maker. <laughs> Huberto is looking right. good. All right, let's move on player. to DoorDash here, Tim. I have one more. I have one oh. more. I know. I have one more. What do you have to go to the bathroom? Uh, no, I Columbus. just don't want to talk about Columbus. We just Columbus, <laughs> Columbus, Columbus. Just the break. Why the break? Stop the bleeding. Stop the bleeding. Not only are they playing terrible hockey, but they're making headlines for all the wrong reasons. All this team drama. Just stop the bleeding. Um, the one thing I was going to say about them that is a positive light is Merzlikens Merz had a shutout last night. Good. Good timing. Good timing for that because now you're going into the break. Obviously, the guys are working the phones. Maybe you see his value jump up just a little bit. Because that's what that's what the last his last start for the next week was a shutout, and so while they're trying to flip him, maybe that helps his value just a touch. But the break is going to just help them just stop the bleeding. Twenty one saves, so not a great shutout, but a shutout all the same. Yeah. All right, moving on. DoorDash, Tim, get to it. Yeah, for quick hits, our DoorDash is brought to you. Our quick hits are brought to you by DoorDash. For a limited time, our listeners can get twenty five percent off and zero delivery fees for their first order of fifteen dollars or more. When you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code NATION25, offer valid in Canada, subject to change, terms may apply. Just a quick one here, uh, just pointing out the schedule, just make sure everybody knows. Uh, tomorrow night, Thursday the 1st, is the All-Star Player Draft. So there's four teams, they're going to do a draft of uh, get everybody on each team. I wonder if they, I haven't seen anything, they do a Phil Kessel Award where the last guy gets a car or something. They must, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that would be fun. And then Friday is the skills competition. It's going to look a little bit different than it has in the past. Go check out the uh, the rules there. It's going to be really, really fun. 
and then obviously Saturday is the game. John, you must be as as you know the 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 pinnacle of the All Star game. Your phone must be ringing off the hook from the league this time of year. No, not one call, <laughs> which is fine. They they want to distance okay. themselves from me as quick as they can. So I was hoping some company would call me and say, "Hey, here's twenty five grand. Come on in. You know, come come and you know be be the yeah. face of Honda." It didn't happen. Nobody nobody wants to pay me anymore. It's fine, except DoorDash and give better. So go to those companies, right, Tim? Nation, and Nation Twenty Five. Yeah, only once a week. Yes, <laughs> All right, everybody. Anything else? That's it. I was going to say thanks for joining <laughs> us. This was a lot of fun. We'll talk to you guys on Friday. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 